Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS. And that link will be in the show notes. The brain is 70% of the nervous system. So if somebody's wondering, the nervous system isn't just the spine. The spine is the keyboard to the brain, but the brain controls the whole show. Stress is the inflammation that robs us of life, energy, and happiness. Our typical solutions for gut health and hormone balance have let a lot of us down. We're over-medicated and underserved. At The Less Stressed Life, we're a community of health-savvy women exploring solutions outside of our traditional Western medicine toolbox and training to raise the bar and change our stories. Each week, our hope is that you leave our sessions inspired to learn, grow, and share these stories to raise the bar in your life and home. Access to functional or specialized medicine testing and standard blood work is a big piece of personalizing care plans to help our clients succeed. But getting accounts with multiple labs and ordering and tracking results from many different web portals slows efficiency by bogging us down in admin work. This is why I'm completely obsessed with our podcast sponsor, Rupa Health. It's a single portal that allows you to order from over 20 specialty labs in one incredibly simple dashboard. I'm talking less than 30 seconds to set up your free account and about 30 seconds to order the labs you need. All the results are in one place and I can securely send clients their results with a click of a button. A big advantage for our clients is that standard blood work can be ordered for almost two thirds less than other direct to consumer lab sites. Rupa is a lab concierge, so they send the lab invoices on your behalf if a client pays for their own labs. They help them get set up with a lab draw, navigate testing questions, and they provide the requisition forms. It's literally a dream. Go sign up for free to help streamline your practice and simplify ordering labs for your clients at rupahealth.com. That's R-U-P-A health.com. And let them know I sent you when you sign up. You can also check out the show notes for this episode for a short video walkthrough of how I use Rupa Health in my own practice. If you're one of the many people dealing with food sensitivities or you need to have coffee at 3 p.m., then I want you to know that you have options for minimizing these food sensitivities without excessive restriction and to have more energy throughout the day to do the things that you want to do. Enrollment is open for my program, Food Sensitivity Solutions, and the bonus program for the fatigue fix that comes with it. These programs are a good fit if you want clear validation of the imbalances in your body that aren't showing up on traditional blood work and routine office visits. 
It's for you if you're a smart, health-savvy woman that's doing everything right, but you're still dealing with fatigue and food reactions. And it's also for you if you want a clear plan laid out with a protocol tailored specifically to your lab work. You can learn more and book a call at foodfatiguefix.com. And you can use the code WEBINAR22. That's all capital letters and then the digits just as numbers, webinar 22. If you use that code when you book a call before February 24th, it makes the call free when you book. So again, you can get all the details at foodfatiguefix.com. And I'll talk to you soon. All right, today on The Less Stressed Life, we have Dr. Patrick Porter, who's an award-winning author, speaker, and founder of BrainTap, the leader in technology-enhanced meditation. Dr. Porter pioneered the use of brainwave entrainment to improve clarity, sleep, and energy, and remains at the forefront of scientific research. He founded BrainTap with the goal of making this technology accessible to everyone. And BrainTap offers over 1,000 audio sessions in 12 languages and serves the worldwide user base with its mobile app and headset. He's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, People, Entrepreneur, Inc., ABC, NBC, CBS, and is a brain expert in the brain health and wellness world. Welcome, Dr. Porter. All right. Thanks for having me, Kristen. Great to be here. Yeah, as I was just mentioning to you off air, I'm more excited about our interview today than I would have been last week. I was familiar with BrainTap, but this weekend I had a little impromptu get together with some health and wellness professionals. We just wanted some restoration. We all brought something or a couple things, and one person brought BrainTap. And so her partner in her optometry clinic is using it with vision therapy with kiddos. And I got to try this. And when you've tried something, you have a new experience with it. And I knew, mm-hmm. so I was pretty excited. So I want to get into the science because that's what our listeners care about. I know they want to care about why they should care in general. Right. And I loved mm-hmm. what it said in your bio that this is technology enhanced meditation. So we'll kind of get into that. But first, we always start with your story because this is a little bit to wrap a brain around. Right. So mm-hmm. tell us a little right. bit about how you got into this <laughs> and why you've recorded so many guided visualizations. <laughs> meditations. You don't just fall out of the womb that way. So tell us how you got into this. Yeah. Well, it all started actually when I was about 11 years old. My dad actually learned how to meditate because he was a very gifted alcoholic. Everything could be going great and he would still find a reason to go get drunk and spend the family's money. And there were nine kids. There were nine of us. So it wasn't a very... uh, And so the church was always helping us, thank God. And the church came over and said, hey, Michael, we're going to teach you how to relax. And he's like, no way, that can't help. But we actually learned something called the Silva Method, which is a meditation practice. And it used a piece of technology to do that. It used what they call the Silva Sound. So my dad got involved with it, and he it helped him stop drinking. It was the first time ever. He realized he was drinking to medicate himself because he was so stressed out. And it's still today, that's still the main reason people use brain tap. But what happened through the years, my dad became so involved that he became the regional trainer for the Silva Method. There's millions of people who do the Silva Method still today. My dad kind of evolved out of that when he got his degree in psychology. When I was growing up, I went to school for electronics. And of course, I was never going to do what my dad did. You know, I was using meditation and I was using my dad's method, the Silva Method, which was actually Jose Silva. And then as things evolved, I started making, helping my dad out, but also doing my own seminars. And I realized that I really liked presenting and teaching, but I still loved electronics. So in the 80s, I became the researcher for a company called Light and Sound Research. And we had a big machine. It was called the Cells, a sensory input learning system. And we miniaturized it, made the first portable light and sound machine that was ever on Earth. So we invented the technology and we've just been evolving it since then. There's a lot to go through, but I'll just kind of shorten it here. <laughs> we, I sold a, I had a franchise company. We had 108 locations around the country. You used to have to buy BrainTap at a clinic. 
either through a doctor or one of our licensed practitioners. But now we've opened it up because the app world really opened it up because, you know, when you think about somebody having a thousand CDs or a thousand cassettes, and now they're all on a digital, our phone can handle so much that in 2013, after I was kind of semi-retired because I sold my other company, but I moved to the Bay Area and I thought, wow, I really want to create the ultimate machine that I had back in the 80s. We really hadn't changed the evolution of that product. And then that's where BrainTap came along. So if no one's seen the BrainTap, when they go to Google it or search for it, they're going to see that it has lights in the ears, lights in the eyes, looks like a virtual reality headset. But really what it's doing is it's training the brain. We call it brain fitness because meditation is what most people call it when you talk about technology-driven meditation. Only 5%, which I think is a very liberal number, I think it's less than that, of people who start meditating actually continue the practice. And because it's hard. I mean, our conscious thoughts get in the way. So what helped me, I was also a very gifted troublemaker early on. And my dad taught me to calm my mind using what's called a galvanic skin response system, which is GSR. And these tools actually looked at respiration, hand temperature, heart rate. There was no neural feedback back then. So if somebody's wondering, why didn't he just use the Muse or something like that? <laughs> there was none of that. You know, this was before all that. And what we decided was, what could we do with this? And what we know, just to kind of end this part of the story, is that people in pain, because we were looking at a clinical solution. So people in pain have a high degree of beta, which I know we might get into some brainwaves a little bit later, but beta is where we're speaking right now. And so that's why when you go into surgery, they put you out, right? They give you anesthesia so that you're not present anymore. You don't have any more beta brainwave. So that was how it started. And then we realized, wow, this technology does a lot more than just take away pain and help people who have chronic pain disorders. So it's expanded into, like you said, a thousand different. And I do this, basically my franchise company, I had about 500 sessions as part of that product which are now still available like on Amazon, but those, those are old school. They were done with cassettes. <laughs> so if you can imagine how long ago that was for people who remember those. Now we have the app and I'm constantly evolving and changing. I know that you heard about it through Julia Arndt, who's one of our partners. And I actually took her course. What we learned was you can take somebody from not knowing something to knowing something because learning it actually is taking something that you don't consciously know anything about to making it unconsciously confident, right? So you have to get through that evolution. So we took her course, which is about peak performance, and she and I put together a series that she used the brain tap to basically supercharge her message. So if you think about most people, they've heard the expression that knowledge is power. That's not exactly true. Knowledge applied is power. Knowledge alone is in power. I mean, we all have the internet. Could you imagine going back in time to a family reunion in the 70s with the internet? I mean, no. you'd win every time at, at all these board games because you could just Google everything, but nobody had that back then. So, But we all have access to power, motivation, and drive, but we just have to basically train our brains to do that. So that's kind of my backstory. I went to school for psychology, so people are wondering what my doctorate's in, but I use very little of that. Unfortunately, psychology doesn't have a good track record as far as results. The best study out there is about 12 to 15% results, which is to me utter failure, mainly because when you talk about something like a negative experience or a negative event, you actually amplify it because your brain gives you what you think about most. So if you go to a therapist every week and you talk about how bad your mom and dad were or your family or relationships, your brain goes, oh, you must really like that. <laughs> so it keeps creating it. So I think that there is a time for that. There's a time for talk therapy. 
But when I first got into practice, you know, when you bring somebody to therapy and you're seeing them two years later, you're still talking about the same thing. That didn't work for me. I wanted to figure out a way to train people so they didn't need me anymore. You know, we all have this incredible biocomputer that we don't know how to use. So I wanted to put together a series of processes that really activate our brain's ultimate function, which is to give us the best life we can live right now. And the biggest deterrent to that is stress. So if we can, can eliminate that, we can't get rid of stress, but what we can do is we can build capacity to handle stress. And that's what we're talking about here. And it's hard to build capacity or resilience if you've continually laid. This is the topic, nervous system essentially rebalancing. You talked about, you called it, and there's a lot of options. This is just an efficient option. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of options for neural retraining out there, but they're Mm -hmm. very in time intensive movement hand. I mean, they take up to over an hour a day over a long time. And so, and why is that? Because if we've continually laid neural pathways and we've, as you said, which I'm going to underline here, if we talk about negative experiences, if we think about negative experiences, if our thoughts are negative, we're amplifying it. We're talking about it as amplifying the thoughts, right? So if we're continually laying this foundation and we've done it slowly over time, or it's something we kind of, or our environment really turned this, right? Like you grew up in a home where your parents kind of yelled at each other or whatever. And so those were experiences that you had. How do you rewrite that quickly? You don't. And this is why it's really difficult hard to, it's like not something we can put in our hands, which is why it's such a challenge for me. This isn't even in my scope, so to speak, generally, right? As a dietitian Mm -hmm. and someone who works with nutrient deficiency and gut health issues. But for me, I see the nervous system screwing up progress and results like crazy. And it's not getting better. It's only going to be worse after the last couple of years. Our nervous system responses, it's like we turn on the news. And some of us can recognize that, but not everyone is Mm -hmm. doing that. So what we're doing is creating these not great neural pathways. And so next, I want to talk about brainwaves, but I want to get into like why we should give a crap. And so I want to talk a little bit about like, what is neuroplasticity? Maybe like give that 101 real quick. And why do we care? So I was just kind of like teasing about it, but I want you to lead us into that. When we were born, we actually were born fully connected. Our 100 billion neural bit processor was fully wired. If you wonder why we can learn languages so fast when we're, you know, you look at a a kid like our grandkids, you know, I didn't really notice it with my own kids, but my grandkids, I noticed, hey, they went from one day babbling to the next day speaking in sentences. I'm going, wow, how do they do that? Well, that's because when we're born, all the neural circuitry is there. And as we age, unlike what most people think, we actually unplug our brain. We don't plug it in. Like people think I'm going to wire my brain up. No, you're unwiring your brain through your whole life. And that's why as we get older, what I like to say, better looking and more intelligent with age, since I'm aging, now we all are, that our brain literally is wants to conserve energy. So think of neuroplasticity as the energy of the brain. And they call it neural pathways. Hebb's law states those neurons that fire together, wire together. Those neurons that, that fire apart tend to wire apart. So that's why habits and patterns, when you're talking about how easy it is, I'm just going to use one example. We did a study with women, 55, 65, on the dementia scale. These women were diagnosed with dementia. They took the Cambridge Science testing. They had dementia. We measured their brain. They literally had a dysfunctional brain, meaning that their right hemisphere was moving slower than their left. Six weeks of of using light, sound, and vibration to train the brain through brain fitness, they had a 49% neuroplastic change. This blew away the researchers at Duke University because what we showed them was the brain can change at any age. And when you think about neuroplasticity, think of rewiring. They call it neurogenesis in the science. 
So uh, it used to be, we were born with this brain and we thought, oh, you're an accountant. That's all you are. You're a nutritionist. That's all you are. You know, whatever it is we all have, or you're an artist, you know, those are the, like the artist or the accountant. Those seem to be the two spectrums. But the reality is that we all have the capacity to do whatever we want. It's what we've been trained to do. So think of your childhood like the formatting of a computer. <laughs> you were formatted by mom, dad, brothers, sisters, teachers, and preachers. All of those people actually showed you through your mirror neurons, really, when you're observing the world, hearing the world, experiencing the world, you're actually changing your genetics. Most people don't know this, but our genes change every 40 seconds. Because most people don't realize that every gene sequence in your body changes every 40 seconds, and it does it through a light pulse, through what we call biophotonic energy. So in the old days, when I was just getting into all this, and my dad was teaching meditation, people used to say, I'm a light being. You know, we used to hear that all the time. I'm light. Well, science has now proved they were right. We are all light. That's what we are. We're light, sound, and vibration. Our body is vibrating and teeming with energy in the form of information. So think of neuroplasticity as your access to that information. As your brain ages, unfortunately, it's trying to conserve energy. The brain uses 25% of all energy resources. And there's three brains, I should say. So I'm talking about brain. I'm talking about we have our brain in our head. Most people think that's our only brain. We have our second brain, which is our gut. If you don't take care of that, then, you know, that dysregulates everything. And then we have our heart brain. So we have 40,000 neutrino cells in our heart that controls both of the other brains. And I'm saying that right. Both of the other brains are controlled by your heart. That's the main statistic you need to look at is there's more heart attacks on Monday morning than any other day of the week. So if your heart's not in your life, guess what? You're not in it either. <laughs> so we need to change those things. But let's take, for instance, the gut. Actually, there's more neuron connections in your gut than there are in the brain in your head. But most people don't know that. They talk about brain health, but those neurotransmitters are actually made in the gut. So we did a study with a group in um, Provo, Utah. They were doing nutritional supplementation through IVs for brain health, for addiction. And when the body is stressed, we talk about the nervous system. When the body is stressed, we call this the survivor brain, or the clinical term would be the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight response. All your digestion gets put on hold pretty much. Your body doesn't care if you're digesting that pizza you had last night, if you're stressed out about your bills in the morning. You know, so you wake up in the morning, you have this knot in your stomach and the food didn't digest. That's because your digestive system was offline. That's why it's so important to calm yourself before you eat or relax, do some breathing exercises. Because what we showed in the study was that 30% more nutrients was absorbed into the body, into the brain when they were relaxed using brain tap during their IV treatments rather than looking at their cell phone. Cell phones actually created a sympathetic response. So we want to get them into the parasympathetic, right? What we call the thriving brain. So when you think about neuroplasticity, it's giving you behavioral flexibility because the less, and think of it also as energy. There's a lot of science out there that shows that somebody has more neuroplasticity. We still don't know how to measure a neuron. The signals from the brain, when we talk about electrical activity in the brain, it's so minor that we actually have to use probes on, on the head itself, on the skull. Where the heart, for instance, our heart actually has a field that it can extend up to 18 feet. We can actually measure heart rate from across the room. That's why they have baby monitors that actually can monitor babies in their crib and it help because the heartbeat is so strong. So these fields, we have a magnetic field and we have this electrical field. When they're coherent, which means they're communicating properly together, what we call heart rate variability, then we have more behavioral flexibility, which comes in the form of brain waves. And we have to train that. So when you talked about it takes time, 
we always tell people you can do everything you can with breathing, with relaxing, doing meditation, but you still need to get up and move your body. You know, our body is designed to move and breathe. There's three things we recommend that, that our clinics do. Let's say you came in to see me at my clinic here in New Bern, North Carolina. I would not only treat you with brain tap, but I would say, when you go home, you got to pick one of these three. You either have to learn to dance, which most people pass on that one, <laughs> but dancing is really important. Or you have to go take yoga because it's a movement, breathing kind of therapy, or like Tai Chi, one of those three. You've got to do something because you can't just lay and meditate all day long. I mean, unless you're a, a, an adept guru or something where you're doing it, but we need the rest though. The part that most people need in neuroplastic change is the recovery. So think of the recovery time. Most people stress out. We're Americans here, so we want it fast. We want it free. We want a limo to come get our winnings. You know, we don't want to do anything. We just want it all delivered to us. But the reality is that our nervous system is a responsive nervous system, and it's always adapting. So neuroplasticity also, when you think about it, they also call it reorganization scores, and that's what neuroplasticity does. In the study I was talking about with the dementia patient, after six weeks, they actually registered a 58% improvement in reorganization which for those listening means, let's say you get an upset in the morning. We all have family members that are a little older. They get upset in the morning and it takes them so long to reorganize. That's because they don't have neuroplasticity. The brain gets fixed and the brain is 70% of the nervous system. So if somebody's wondering, the nervous system isn't just the spine. The spine is the keyboard to the brain, but the brain controls the whole show. So if you don't work with the brain, in fact, there's chiropractors out there listening We've actually shown with Heidi Havoc, who's probably the most researched chiropractor on the planet, she shows even when you adjust the wrist of an individual, you're actually adjusting the brain. When you adjust the ankle, you're adjusting the brain. So the brain controls everything. And neuroplasticity just gives you that behavioral flexibility you need. I mean, if you get upset, get upset. You know, I love Parahaji Gonanda. He says that we should be like babies. When babies get upset, they cry, they get over it. As adults, we cry, we go to meetings, we get badges, we form telephone chains. You know, we keep exacerbating the problem instead of getting over it. You know, a lot of times, it's not your mom and dad's fault where you are. You know, you're probably twice the age they were when you were born, if you're listening. So, you know, you got to get over it and realize that all things truly are working for your good. That's the way this world works. But you got to be open. And I think with the neuroplasticity in place, what they're teaching us about the brain in just so you understand, uh, the listeners know too, we did a brain study with a case study with a 102-year-old. She was able to improve her brain function by 33% over six weeks at 102. So I really wanted to prove to people that you can change your brain at any age. There is no limit. Your brain has an infinite potential. And even though people say they only use 5% of their brain's potential, the reality is use 100% of your brain but you don't use its full potential. So that's what we're talking about is activating that. And it has to do with brainwaves. If you're not in the proper brainwave state, your body can't function. Thank you for giving us the perfect segue to brainwaves. I so appreciate that. Let me see if there's anything we want to pull from what you just talked about. You know, on this weekend where I tried brain tap, there was a chiropractor there. There was someone who also works in back pain and I have a physical therapist friend. And we have all talked so much about the brain's part in what's going on with back pain. And when you really dig into back pain online, there's a lot of people that are talking about this. So you describing, that's not something that is I'm using in my vocabulary when I'm working on gut issues. So when you say the spine is the keyboard and the brain is, I think you said the brain is the computer. 
right? Yeah. 70% of the nervous system. That's really interesting because of course there would be this interplay between our brain, our thoughts and how we think we feel. It sounds a little wishy-washy. So thanks for bringing some science here. It feels like you can't touch the nervous system sometimes, right? You know, it's a right. little, it's a little bit hard to grasp almost. And so you talked a little bit earlier about being in sympathetic nervous state, fight or flight. And this is something I'm talking about with people all the time, but you said looking at cell phones was putting people in sympathetic nervous system state. And when we're in that state, how could you digest? How can you poop, right? And so those are the things. And if we have an issue there, then we have a problem with one of our three parts of our heart, right? Mm -hmm. Which is pretty significant. And there's that whole, and there's nerves that innervate the gut, et cetera. So you said brainwaves. Let's get into brainwave types. When are they used by the brain? How many are there? And like, do we access all of them or do we only use a couple? Right. Okay. Well, I'm only going to talk about six different variations. They, of course, scientists, we can slice and dice it in a million different ways, but I'll do the six that most people should be familiar with. If not, they're going to be familiar with when I'm done. (laughs) So first of all, what we're talking here is called beta. Beta is the brainwave that actually stimulates the production of dopamine. That's why we have so many dopamine addictions out there because we want to get that pleasure. We want to derive that pleasure. And even though it could be a destructive behavior like alcohol or drugs or video games or pornography, whatever it is, those are triggers for dopamine. That only happens in beta. Also, pain only happens in beta, as I was saying earlier. So, But we need beta because I wouldn't want to balance my checkbook without it. And we should be a perfect brain. If I could take and just automatically wave a magic wand, everybody has the perfect brain state. This was derived by Ann Wise, who wrote the book, uh, the master brainwave. She's from San Francisco and she, she's no longer alive, but her book's still very relevant. And she used to work with us at Light and Sound Research. And what she said was your brain should be 45% of the time in beta when you're awake. Now, of course, when you're sleeping, it's going to be, shouldn't even be there at all. Now, alpha is the one right below it that most people know about. Alpha is a creative state. We call it the intuitive mind because in the alpha state, you're intuitive. You should be operating at about 30% alpha at all times. This is so you can problem solve, be creative. You can get into that flow state. Now, alpha actually triggers the production of acetylcholine, which is the feel-good neurotransmitter. And just to give you an example, our brain resonates to its environment. They call this frequency following response. So our brain is like a tuning fork. Every time we walk into an environment, it registers the environment and then mimics it. That's what our brain does all the time. So if we're sitting by the ocean or by a body of water, then what's going to happen is our brain's going to notice that body of water, which resonates at 10 hertz frequency, water, running water, water itself, burning candles. These are all 10 cycle activities. So when I looked at creating brain tap those many years ago, we looked at the ancient traditions. And we said, what are they doing with ancient traditions? How can we modernize them? That's where the LEDs came in. So we started mimicking the flashing of a candle burning with an LED. And then we started moving the brainwaves. Now, between beta and alpha, there's actually a brainwave called SMR, sensory motor rhythm. It's a very small brainwave in a group of brainwaves. That has to do with our vestibular system and our cognition. That's the brainwave that we start to lose as we age. It atrophies and why we can't recall information. The hippocampus is the part of the brain that's responsible for storing information, like taking our short-term information from today, cataloging it into our long-term memory for recall and for preservation, really. Our body is still designed for protection. That's why it automatically goes into protection mode and why it's so hard to get out of that sympathetic response. Because, you know, even though our life has changed, our bodies still think we're on the Serengeti and we should be taking a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon with the, with the 
gazelles and the zebras, but we do coffee or tea or chocolate, you know, to keep ourselves stimulated instead of using our electrical system. If we drop down below alpha, there's a brainwave state called theta. Now, one thing more about alpha, just so you know, alpha is responsible for language. So when we did our research with autistic children, we had a 90% improvement in speech using a speech pathologist, her name is Joquita Handy out of California, we did a study where 90% of them became verbal after four weeks of using BrainTap because we increased their alpha activity by 23%. So if you don't have alpha, you won't be able to speak. That's why the fear of public speaking, right? When people stand up in front of a group and stress happens, it eliminates alpha. So if you're relaxed and calm and you visualize yourself doing that talk correctly, now you're comfortable, you're in the flow, the information comes, those kind of things. Now, so when we drop down into theta, theta is responsible for producing GABA or instructing the gut. All of these neurotransmitters, by the way, 97 to 95% are made in the gut. They're not made in the brain. The brain basically is like a Google dummy drive. It doesn't really do anything. People think it does, but it doesn't. It basically transacts information and tells the rest of the body what to do. Think of the rest of the body like the hard drive. The brain is the central processor, but the hard drive, that's why we have what's called psychosomatic illnesses. We can actually find, like if somebody has a gut problem, for instance, and it's not a, from an accident or something, there's probably a pretty good chance they're not stomaching their life. There's something going on that they're upset about. There's always an emotional reason. And Louise Hay did a really good job in her book, You Can Heal Your Life, if somebody's wondering. She lists out all every symptom you can think of and the psychosomatic reason for it. And our clinicians would use that. But in order to make affect the change, the reason I'm talking about it in theta is theta is that place where GABA is produced. GABA is a precursor for DMT. Our brain produces or has DMT receptors. Our body produces DMT. And for those that aren't familiar, that's the hallucination kind of drug that people are out there doing in plant medicine right now. But our brain produces it just like it produces its own cabinoids. So just like you can get high in your own supply, you don't have to do an external source but it happens in the state of theta. That's why the deep meditators have these great spiritual journeys or they might have these hallucinations and things like that. Also, the more theta you have, the better you're going to sleep because it's also a precursor to the sleep cycle. Most adults, by the way, are missing theta. <laughs> when we measure their brains, they usually have a high degree of beta. They might have an adequate amount of alpha, but no theta, they can't sleep. Two thirds of America is not sleeping right now. Yeah, so uh, the main reason is theta. It's not because of Delta. It's not because they're not sleeping. They're not in bed long enough. It's about our brainwaves work analog, not digital. So people think they can go from being stressed out watching the news to going to bed. You can't do that. That's why they have sleep hygiene and things like that to reduce the stress before you go to sleep. That could be another conversation and take a long time to go through that. But then when we drop into Delta, now theta, we should only have when we're awake, maybe seven to 10% of our brainwaves in theta. Delta, we should have very little, less than 10%. But unfortunately, when we've measured about 30,000 brains in the last 10 years or since 2013, and we found that I would say 90% of the people we scan have over 70% of their brain while they're awake in Delta. So you probably heard the expression, Chris, the masses are asleep. Well, we've actually proved it. They are. And the main reason is their body is so inflamed. We have so much inflammation that it shows up as Delta, the body's wisdom is telling them, you need to slow down, you need to reboot, you need to heal yourself. But that's not what we do, right? What do animals do when they're not feeling well? They go find a place to take a nap, you know, or something like that. 
What do we do? We take a cup of coffee or chocolate or tea. We stimulate. Human bulldozers. That's my yeah, new term human, for it. We're human bulldozers. Yeah. We're like, I'm just going to plow through this because I actually don't have time for it. Right. They, they say, you think it takes a lot of time to be healthy. I wonder how much time it takes to be ill. You know, so you've got to spend all your time, 100% of your time trying to get better, you know, or you can spend 10 to 15% of your time staying healthy. You know, so in the process, now the newest brainwave, the newest superstar that's come on the scene in the last 15 years is called Gamma. Gamma is a really coming on the scene because of the push for all with Alzheimer drugs and how we can change the brain. Now, I need to say right now, the most powerful pharmacy on earth is not on the corner drugstore. The most powerful pharmacy on earth is between our ears. Our brain can trigger the production of over 30,000 different neurochemicals. Any drug we put in from the outside, our body reacts to. The drugs that work are the ones that our body has receptors for. If we don't have receptors for it, it just gets eliminated. So every drug in the market, every drug has never beat the placebo. The placebo is 40%, which means 40% of the time we could beat any drug on the market every time because there's never been a drug in the market that's ever beat 30%. That's why they have to do multiple drug studies. Now, the biggest problem we have, there's a really good book out called Suggestible You. The placebo is now 40%. But the problem is they can now screen for it. They know the gene of a person that's placebo positive. So they're eliminating them from the studies, which skews all the results of drug studies. So we're being told basically a lie about how drugs interact with our body. Everybody's different. I'm not saying get off your drugs if you're listening, but, but, but if you're, I would go to your doctor and get off your drugs. But because what we found with brain training, anybody with a brain condition, as long as they're taking drugs, their brain will never improve. We've, we've done it over and over again, because once you start using your own neurochemistry, you don't need theirs. It's all about balance. And it has to do with, when we talk about the third wave of wellness, the number one is nutrition. So if anybody's thinking, nutrition is how we got into this as a family. My mother went to an iridologist and we got off white flour and white sugar and all those things. We, I was actually told I was going to replace Yule Gibbons in the Great Nuts commercials growing up. That was when I graduated from high school. That's what they told me because I used to bring my own lunch and eat only healthy foods before it was cool. This was in the mm-hmm. 70s, you know. So the, and it wasn't in California. We were in Michigan. So it was very different. We, it was like an alien living among humans. But <laughs> the reality like my is, children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't outthink a bad diet. So you have to have a good diet, number one. Number two is you got to stay physically moving and active. But the third wave is actually brain fitness. If you're not familiar with all those brain waves, I guarantee everyone listening, by the end of 2030, everyone's going to know about brain fitness because we all have one and we all now understand how important it is to maximize its function. Yeah. Okay. So we've got six brain waves. I'm going to quickly highlight them. Beta, stimulating Mm -hmm. dopamine, pleasure. This is awake and active. This is where you should be 45% of the time. Alpha, creative, intuitive. You should be at 30% alpha all the time. I feel like this is when you give yourself some space, you get more Mm -hmm. alpha. If you're like bulldozing, you don't get to see this. I always feel most creative, intuitive when I've been given a little space and I'm not right when I'm not under such such stress, right? Or I always say, don't you get the best ideas when you're in the shower? It's because you've (laughs) allowed your mind to just kind of think through that. So responsible for language. So if you're improving alpha, can you learn a language faster? Yes. Yeah, okay. you can learn anything faster. In fact, there's something called the Mozart effect, where you put 10 cycle music in the background and you learn better. And that's why we use that kind of music for brain tap. Our music is programmed for 10 cycles, which is alpha. Cool. Awesome. 
my seventh grade me was really lighting up right there because I loved the like music. I remember doing a report on music therapy and just always thinking that was the best from there. Okay, Theta, healing and learning. This is where GAB is, which is made, you know, this is like what we talk about all the time. This is a big precursor for sleep and most adults are missing this and you should have seven to 10% of it in the awake place. So with brain tap, you're getting into Theta state so you can go to sleep. Right, we're increasing theta before bed. Right, sometimes I mean, or not rebooting, always, like- or just or just unlocking. There's three primary times people use a brain tap. One is moving them from a tired state to an awakened state. We call these digital coffees. We have AM programs that you use in the morning, but you can use them anytime during the day because they'll energize the system. That's more of that SMR that I was talking about, that sensory motor rhythm, brainwave. And then we have the afternoon ones. We call it a reboot because as we go through our day, it's very common to get tired. I mean, we're designed to take a nap. Every day at two o'clock, your temperature drops two degrees. Now, that's a signal the body says it's time to reboot. But what do we do? We, again, we go get coffee, tea, or chocolate. We go get some food, and usually it's not healthy. <laughs> you know, if it's a healthy snack, that's different. You know, some people need to do that. And then at night, we have where we take people from the energized state to a sleep state. Those seem to be the three primary times that people use brain tap. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we were on theta. Now we're on delta. Less than 10% during the day is appropriate. But when you are scanning lots of people, people are in 70% delta when they're awake. So we're sleeping while we're awake. This is supposed to be a sleep and recovery area, but because we're so inflamed, our body is attempting to help us with recovery, which is also like inflammation for sure drives fatigue yeah. for sure, for sure. Okay. So gamma peak concentration and cognition. Yeah. That was all of them. So I have a couple of questions. First of all, is just a little one on like, if we're trying to imagine this tangibly, how do people really measure brainwaves technically, you know, in clinic or in research? Are they just like hooking you up to all these things on your head? And there's there's two brainwaves? ways now that, that work really well. The science is shown through heart rate variability. Like even you're going to see it more and more often, even on the smart devices, because you can measure through ECG, they call it, through the electrocardiogram, which is through our heart. Our heart has a frequency and with certainty, especially our the one that we had designed for us, we have one that's a clinical model that we had built for our clinics from Russia. And they, we can measure brainwaves that way. It only takes five minutes and it's clips on the wrist. There's also, of course, an EEG, which is the one where the electroencephalograph, which is on the brain. We have, there's different ones. We like to use one called the WABI, W-A-B-I, for those wondering. That device, it's very simple and it's already preset. So you just put it on, there's three different sizes. So it's a lot faster. But we also have some called the neuro infinity, which is the gooey stuff. Like, have you ever seen the people using the, they put them on the different points on the brain and we can get different brain measurements. I actually, all of these brain waves are present all over the brain in different sizes. So like in that study I was talking about with all Alzheimer's with dementia, I mean, what we were measuring was the alpha in the frontal lobe, because if those aren't matched, then you get anxiety, stress, depression, anxiety. Our brain, just when you think of a, like the experience you had this past weekend using brain tap to remember that experience, you actually lit up eight to 10 places in your brain. Those aren't stored all together. So when the brain's not synchronized or in harmony, if it's even a millisecond off, the brain will immediately say, that's useless. We're not going to have to go there anymore. So then it gets more and more difficult to remember that. That's why mm-hmm. refreshing memories or having a date night, if you're in a relationship or doing, not just talking about the toothpaste cap being off or the underwear in the middle of the floor, you know, focusing on the positive things people do, because we need to keep reinforcing those, the neurotransmitters as they go along with it, but also the neuroactivity that goes along with that. And that's the real key is to keep conditioning the positive responses and mm-hmm. eliminate the negative responses. 
yeah, translation, you must play or enjoy life on a daily, weekly basis, or it's not going to go awesome. More otherwise, you're going to be a heart attack Mm -hmm. on Monday morning. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) But that's, I mean, this is how these things are related. So I do want to talk about sounds and binaural beats and what is a binaural beat. And then at some point, I actually want to talk about how ambient sounds, whether those, how those could be affecting us without us even realizing it. Anyway, so let's talk about binaural beats. What the hell is that? (laughs) In the 1800s, actually, they figured out that when you presented a sound in one ear and a sound of the other ear, they could get rid of people with epilepsy. <laughs> so it kind of came up, that was the reason for it. And then when the science came along, they figured out, hey, the brain doesn't hear either sound. It's Let's say I want to get 10 hertz frequency. I'm going to put a 210 hertz frequency in one ear and a 200 hertz frequency in the other. You would think the brain would get confused. It would hear these two different frequencies. But what it does, it hears the phantom sound of 10 hertz. And the limbic brain, which by the way, is being hijacked by society right now, that's the part that the limbic system, people think that their body is against them or it's not working for them. It's basically trying to preserve them, but it doesn't know what to do because if you're not giving it the right instruction, you know, you can't feed it Twinkies and think he's going to be healthy, you know, something like that. So I don't know if Twinkies are still around, but that came to mind. The, uh, in the process of, so what's happening within the, the structure of the brain and, and what's happening is, we're always matching those two. And for instance, our eyes, using it with the ears, but our eyes, they say we render 80% of our reality or more. When I say render, I mean, we don't actually see it. Our brain only sees the peripheral 10%. That's why you can go into the kitchen if you're living with somebody and you say, where's the salt shaker? And they go, it's right there on the counter. They go, no, it's not. And then they walk out, and they right in front of you, it's right there. And they, you didn't render it. Life is happening too fast. So it happens with sound and light. And that's how our brain, our brain is basically making this all up all the time based on our core beliefs and what's going on. So we can use sound to increase our ability to do that because we have time only because we created it. Our brain doesn't know time. I mean, our brain doesn't go, oh, every second we're going to do this. It only knows sequence and process. So in the sequence, it hears this sound. Now, if you have perfect hearing, binaural beats work for you. The other thing is that the brain needs to have a changing signal every three to five seconds. So that's why when if somebody's listening, goes, I've tried those binaural beats on YouTube, and they don't seem to work as well. Well, that's because somebody who knows nothing about brain training created that YouTube video. Mm. Because the technology is out there. Anybody can create their own binaurals. But what we found is we have a natural algorithm that we've actually tracked with EEG devices. So we know what the brain's going to do. Now, if you don't hear perfectly between the right and left ear, you need something called an isochronic tone, which is mono. Now, we've all experienced isochronic tones before because we walk outside and the earth is the biggest isochronic tone generator on the planet. So when you're talking about isochronic with ambient sounds, we have natural sounds. Our body is used to the frequencies of nature. They call it forest baiting in a lot of other cultures. When we walk outside, our body, and I actually, the hair in my hand stands up on end when I, when I say this, because I can imagine myself, I live in the forest. So when, when I walk outside, I'm getting a lot of neuroactivity just by being in the environment. Because the planet itself has a frequency, the average frequency is 7.8 hertz frequency. They call it the Schumann frequency. If they say it's increasing, but actually the planet fluctuates from 0.01 to 100, depending upon where you're at in the planet. And our brain does the same thing. So when people go, how does this work? It works naturally because this is the way our body and brain works anyway. We're always matching our environment. So the sounds do this. Now, the reason that 
like this was found out by accident, I guess, like Mozart music. That's why they call it the Mozart effect. When you play that classical broke style music, now it doesn't have to be that style anymore. There's a lot of new age composers that do the same thing. But at the time, your brain just works better, you know, while you're studying. Now, we did a study that showed we used this 10 cycle music is what we call it. And we did a study where they were hooked up to a 45 minute session. 15 minutes of it was the music. Five minutes before was nothing. Five minutes in between was nothing. The 15 minutes with the music and these algorithms I'm talking about, just the binaural beats in the isochronic tone. The difference was so noticeable now. It's, a, it's in a big study in Brazil right now. 150 students are taking part in it. And what we're showing is that music does do it at the time. So while you're listening to it, your brain feels it, it's great, but it doesn't do any brain training. Every person in the study, at the end of that 15 minutes of music, their brain went right back to the stress state. No change. So it's like going to a movie. You have a great experience. You love the popcorn, but it doesn't do anything for your life. When we took that same piece of music and we put our algorithm in the background, it actually took 72 hours for the brain to go back to its stress state mm. without doing anything. So if you can interrupt that pattern every day, or we say every 72 hours is the minimum, you're going to up-level or improve your neurological function because you're exercising your brain, which is 70% of the nervous system. And now you have that behavioral flexibility we're all talking about and loving. And that's with the variation of sound. So in your house right now, you might not hear it, but if you live in a house that has electricity, you have a 60 hertz hum. 60 hertz hum is actually 10 cycles. Now, it could be healthy, it could be unhealthy, depending upon how the electrical activity is coming into your house. There's also something called EMF, right? The smog, some people call electronic smog. What's amazing, you can get a volt meter. This is something for your very adventurous people to do. They can, like I have one right here, because I show it a lot. You have these little meters. You can actually take the positive and negative of volt meter. You can even do this at Lowe's if you want to go there or a store. Just measure how much volts are running through your body. Hmm. Our body should have zero. No, it should be at the zero point. Because we want to transact information. We're designed to walk outside. And I don't know if you know who Clint Oprah is, but he wrote the book Earthing. He'd be a nice one maybe for you to interview. He's a friend of mine. But we need to be outside. We need to ground it. Now, if you were here at my studio here where I'm talking right now, I have a grounding mat I'm standing on. So it's just like I'm standing outside. Oh, I didn't know they made those. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. And so what happens is because I have these lights and I have everything going on here, there's a lot of electrical activity here. Our bodies are designed to absorb energy. We absorb it through light, sound and vibration. So all that ambient sound, we've all been to a party before and we maybe we didn't want to go there and they find, they talk, a friend talked us into it. And then they start playing all the songs from our high school or college years. And so we start tapping our toe. We start dancing pretty soon. We're, they go, Hey, Chris, I didn't think you wanted to come. Oh, well, because the music translated into energy or ATP in the system. That happens every time. Now, sometimes it's an energy drain. You know, we, we get, that's what EMF does because our body doesn't know how to handle that. For hundreds of thousands of years, our body has had natural radiation. You know, the sunlight sends us every, all these spectrums of radiation. But what happens is our cells are trying to hold on to that information. It's energy, but it's information to the body and it doesn't know what to do with it. So it just grounds it. But if we're not grounded because we're wearing rubber shoes, and we're not getting outside, then it builds up in the system. And all of that interference, I tell people it's, it's like in the old days before satellite radio, and you were driving from one state to the next, and you had a song you liked, but you were just out of range of that radio station, and a new radio station started to come in, you know, where you're getting that interference. That's kind of what's happening at the cellular level. 
We call it the cell danger response. The cells actually are always listening, learning, and developing because they're changing every 40 seconds. Your environment is changing your genetics every 40 seconds. You're adapting. Your language changes your genetics. The books you read change your genetics. The food you consume changes your genetics. You're never the same person. You're either going forwards or backwards. So what all these sounds do is we're putting our body back into the most harmonious state that it's used to. So, you know, could you imagine watching your favorite movie without a soundtrack to it? It wouldn't be the same, right? So we're very lucky in this day and age. We have our cell phones. We have our home stereos. We can listen to any music we want. And still, some people choose to listen to destructive sound in music. I mean, we can set ourselves up to be in a virtual healing bath of music all the time if we choose to. You know, you don't have to listen to your local radio station anymore if you don't like it. You can choose what you want to listen to. Mm. And this makes me think about sounds in our environment a little bit more. I think about my middle child likes to make a high-pitched noise. She just likes to make noises for her own. I think also because she knows she's annoying me. And I just think about... (laughs) Oh, I wonder what that's doing. I also have this new standing desk and there's something that's not quite right with it. And it just makes like a real low, constant, quiet beep. And I don't notice it after I'm in the office for a while. Right. So I'm not, I'm, I'm curious now after we've talked about this, I'm like, what is this stimulating in my head? Yeah, that's why I was saying it needs to change because what happened just like that sound at your desk, that's what happens to binaural if you don't change them up. So every three to five seconds in brain tap, we're changing them. We're, mm-hmm. we're altering the way your brain has to so your brain has to reevaluate. Now, this is all being done in the amygdala, not in the conscious brain that we're talking about. So it's all happening behind the scenes. But it, we're creating a harmonious state mm-hmm. where there's sounds. Some people go, I just don't know why I'm irritated. Like somebody might come into your mm-hmm. office. What is it irritating? I don't know. Some people, sound really gets them, right? Some people aren't so aware of sound. It's probably the least, well, they say it's the worst way to give directions, right? <laughs> if you tell your children verbally, they're not going to hear it as much as you say it verbally and write it down or something. That's why you have checklists on the refrigerator or something for the kids so that they can go back and refer to it because we don't remember or recall auditory information as well. Right. With a binaural beat, you have to not have hearing loss potentially. Did you say that? And do you have to wear headphones to get the yeah. maximum benefits there? You, the maximum benefit is with headphones, with perfect matched hearing. The reason I started using isochronic tones is I lost 20% of the hearing in one of my ears, had my eardrum blow out in a flight, an airline flight, and I had to get it repaired because usually I'll stay right to the track. Every once in a while, I'm just one of those crazy guys that's always hooking myself up to to see how my brain's doing. And I went, what's going on here? I have this lag. And what's go- and so when I matched, when I put, when I mixed in the isochronic tones, which is a mono frequency, you can use that. That's why people can use brain tap in an open room. They would probably want to use one of our single voice sessions, not the dual voice that might freak them out a little bit. Sometimes when you play it in the open room, it sounds funny because we've actually offset the right ear and left ear too. Mm-hmm. So we're exercising the brain all the time, but your brain hears it as a fully synchronized experience. But in an open room, it might not sound that way mm-hmm. because okay. it's it's doing a lot of other things. And you might hear the thump, 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 thump a little bit more in the open room than you would when you have the earphones on. Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to ask how brain tap is a little bit different than meditation and different from hypnosis. And there was a clip online of, I think it was like some, I don't know, he was some kind of athlete and maybe a fighter of sorts. And his therapist was having him use brain tap and they were trying to describe it and it was pretty muddled. And, you know, and they <laughs> said, yeah, it's kind of like subliminal messages. So how is it different from meditation, hypnosis, subliminal messages? And I'd love to give a little context in case you want to build it in there. You sure. talked about early on that people from your church came and helped your dad with meditation. And I have 
people that are kind of are interested in this, but they're a little bit afraid of meditation because of being quote unquote, out of control with their own thoughts. And there's a lot of reasons they've kind of come to this conclusion. Like there was a book that kind of described like someone doing guided meditations and it didn't really end well, right? Because there's some other messages they were getting. So I'd love for you, if you're able to touch on like that cognitive control piece as well, but Mm -hmm. yeah, how does it kind of differ from these other modalities that we have? And we've had for a long the, time. The biggest thing, my background is actually Christian psychology. So, and we do have sessions that are based on the Bible in our series. But the thing is, people don't understand what they're talking about. Now, obviously, it's more has to do with the person guiding the meditation or the person performing the hypnosis. That's where the problem will be. But the reality is that the brain states are very similar to prayer, hypnosis, whatever, the uh, guided imagery, the, what the actual message is. Now, We only use positive psychology, but I think that we have a protective mechanism. And I do know this is true. You would never do anything that you wouldn't do under other persuasion techniques. So what I think people don't understand that fear is the biggest deterrent to growth. So you should not fear anything. I mean, I can prove, and I do this at my seminars all the time. I prove that you are less in control when you're conscious than you are when you're in a meditative state. Mm. If you give away your power, you know, like the old medicine man, you know, where they would scare you by looking at them, you know, in the tribe. But the biggest difference is when you look at prayer, you're actually petitioning your higher power for assistance or guidance, intervention, or you're thanking them, whoever your higher power is. I was brought up Catholic. So it just depends on what your background is. You know, I remember we created a, a product called Zen Frames because I thought it'd be cool. You know, everybody was going Zen, you know, and all that. And then somebody says, Dr. Porter, not Buddhist. You know, and it's like, I'm like, I mean, I think there's a lot of good value in Buddhism. I'm not Buddhist, but I think there's a lot of, I mean, there's a good value in anything. I mean, if you want to look for it, but the difference is that you're going there for divine purpose. The, uh, when you're talking about meditation, a lot of people, meditation has changed. Meditation used to be like prayer, but now meditation is more like, oh, it's just to relax me. I'll, I'll go use my app and I'll just calm down, relax my nervous system. And But some people think they're going to get spiritual powers because they do these things. The reality is that we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. So um, we can't have more than what we are. It just isn't realized. You know, when I had a friend of mine that I grew up with and uh, trained with, his name was Gil Gilly. He could read your mind. I mean, I'm serious. You think a thought, he would tell you what you're thinking. And he was written about since the time he was born. He actually lived with a guy named Ernest Holmes, who started the religion, Church of Religious Science. And they studied him his whole life. And I still remember he knew things that other people didn't know. And he said, I've been clinically diagnosed as normal. So I don't know what's wrong with you. You know, it's, so, so what is normal? You know, we don't know. People are intuitive. Remember, we have this brain, 100 billion neural bit process. It can outthink any Cray computer. Every neuron has more computing power than a Cray computer, which is the most powerful computer on earth right now. We have 100 billion of them. So imagine if they all lined up and started working efficiently there's no reason we couldn't predict anything that's going to happen. I mean, we have a big enough sample size in our reality to do that. So I think that, and then, but I think people miss, they confuse television with reality. I mean, sensationalism on television has probably hurt a lot of hypnotherapists because in therapy, when I was doing my therapy, of course, we learned all those different technologies. You know, it's just a technique that's being used. What we've decided to do, some people will say that I don't do hypnosis. Some people will say I do do hypnosis because I don't do any of those things. It's a part of it because we're relaxing them. But in hypnosis, typically people believe that it's 
dependent upon the therapist. But the reality is that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. If you want to give away your power to that person, then you've given it away and done it. But the reality is that you still got to choose. I always tell people with conscious commitment comes subconscious action. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe in subliminal. In fact, I've seen a good friend of mine, Richard Banner, who started the neuro-linguistic programming movement that uh, him and, and John Render, they actually produced a series of audios where all they did was cuss and swear on them. But you didn't hear it. But they played beautiful music and they told everybody that this was to improve your learning. This was to make you more grateful. This is they all were just cussing and swearing through the whole thing. And people were reporting back these wonderful messages, these wonderful things happening in their life. So what that told me was the intention of the listener is what's most important. So when you listen to Brain Tap, you'll hear what I do at the very beginning of every session. I set the intention. This session is for blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help the listener. So that way we're going to line up because if your conscious mind has a conflict, there's a saying, all unhappiness stems from unfavorable comparison. So when you think about, we shouldn't be comparing, we should be just actualizing. What I always tell people is you should not believe me. You should do it for yourself. That's why we have a free app. You know, go try it for yourself. If it works for you, great, do it. But don't tell me it doesn't work. I've seen millions of people that it works for, you know, and it's very useful. And it's one of the best ways. All of those are really good ways. If you're praying, I think that's great. Keep praying, you know. That's what you need to do. I don't think one is better than the other. I just think that most people don't do those things. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, <laughs> you know, if everybody woke up every morning and did a prayer and a, and a gratitude session and, you know, all this and just produced love, there's actually a study out there right now. I don't know if you know this, to put it in perspective, Tom Brady, which most people know, he's a football player who's now for Tampa Bay, but he actually has a clothing called TB12. This clothing was designed by our science officer at Braintown, Francisco Cedral. He created and patented technology that goes into your clothing that reflects back your own infrared. Every person on earth is projecting out of every cell of their body infrared spectrum. Now, if you do some research on infrared, you're going to go, what do you mean? That's a healing frequency that heals people. So Tom Brady's wearing this all the time. He's reflecting back his own healing energy. Mm. They now have a study that shows when people are sitting in gratitude and imagine projecting that to the world, they project 200 times of the photaic energy from their heart than people who are stressed out and angry. So we are light beings. As I said, we want to share the light. Even Jesus said that. So, I mean, when you think about it, you just have to tune in. Now, what happens is a lot of the, I think the biggest thing that happened in our world for health against our health was our food supply. They've destroyed it, you know, with everything they've done for just getting, I mean, to get rid of leaves, get rid of weeds in your driveway, they killed everybody's gut. You know, it's just, to me, it sounds crazy. And I still see it at the store. I still see Roundup at the store. I'm going, are you kidding me? There's evidence that this stuff is destroying people's lives. To me, there's much bigger fish to fry than how somebody's relaxing. (laughs) You know, you know, I think people need to, you know, the old saying, live and let live is my philosophy. But the biggest thing we do differently is we're going to teach people how to think, not what to think. We've been told what to think our whole life. I went to Catholic school, so I was told what to think all the time. Those 10 commandments, I thought they were a to-do list, except for the murder one. You know, that's the because, you know, anything you tell your subconscious not to do, it's going to want to do because it's a fourth grader, you know, and I don't care who you are. When you get angry and upset and stressed, you revert back to that primitive brain and you go into survivor mode. Right. And that's when they eat the wrong foods. They think the wrong thoughts. They get angry at the wrong people. All those things happen because of stress. 
Mm-hmm. If you don't first deal with stress, you can't have everything else. When the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all else will be given to you, but they're saying, where's the kingdom of God within? When you have that calm peace and you have that inner peace, that love, now you found it because heaven is a place on earth. It's not a place to be waited for. You know, you can have it right here if you create peace of mind and harmony with your body. But most people are fighting against their body from the morning. I mean, when you get up in the morning, you have dessert for breakfast, you've started a war. Mm-hmm. Your body is fighting to get you back to homeostasis from the be very Delta first meal. all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my answer to this is that you can't pervert my intention. So if my intention oh, is good. good. You cannot pervert, like you cannot say, you cannot make my intention bad when my intention is good. Um, That's great. So you I said, like that. I'm going to steal that from you probably. (laughs) Yeah. You've got a lot of good one-liners added to your bucket. I could have talked about this for another hour. I loved it. This is such an area that we see blocks in our people, right? In our clients. And so this isn't the end of hearing about brain tap from me. I can't wait till my headset comes and you don't necessarily need a headset to get started with brain tap. We have a 15 day free trial, but we have a Dr. Porter has extended a really lovely discount if you're like me and you kind of want to be all in. I'm just so excited what this is going to do for my family. For me, when I heard this for the first time, I was like, for years, I've been like, meditation is elusive. (laughs) It is challenging. It's like letting see, you know, it's hard for everyone, usually, for the most of us, usually. Well, the Um, monkey mind gets in the way there. The monkey mind gets in the stupid way, right? And so it's been elusive, but I understand that I've been taught all about the benefits. I want it so bad, but this is kind of like super efficient to me, right? Which is a very Enneagram 3-ish thing to say, where I'm like, (laughs) I put this stuff on, it helps get me to exactly where I need to be. It's like, personal development at the same time. It's almost like, it's not like therapy, but it's like the benefits of therapy all in one. So I am ecstatic. I'm not usually such a walking advertisement, but I'm I'm just so excited to see what it's going to do for our family and for our clients. And so people can find BrainTap at, and we have a link for that discount. It's braintap.com forward slash less stressed. Dr. Porter, what would you want to leave people with? Because this is a big topic. Like if someone's yeah. feeling like blah or like life is, things are crazy. What do you want to say to them? Well, I think first of all, know that there's no situation that's final. You're in a state of flow and you can change your brain at any age. Like I said, I mean, we had a 102 year old person that made a brain change. So start today and remember anything worth doing well is worth doing terrible at first. So stick with it. Brain tap can make it easy. You know, like you said, you just press play to change. But also when they get that link you're giving them, we give them one of my books. They can download the Thrive and Overdrive book, which can give them a little bit more of the science, but also explain physiologically what's going on in our world today. It's called Thrive and Overdrive because it's like the bulldozer. I think I, this is a book about those bulldozer people. And most of us are like that, unfortunately. So take time to really love, appreciate, and honor yourself by giving yourself permission to have, take that 10, 20, 30 minutes to just check out, reboot, retrain your brain and, and get back energized. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I hope we get to talk again soon. Yeah, certainly. Sharing and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help us succeed with our mission to help integrate the best of East and West and empower you to raise the bar on your health story. Just go to reviewthispodcast.com forward slash less stressed life. That's reviewthispodcast.com forward slash less stressed life. And you'll be taken directly to a page where you can insert your review and hit post.